This morning we're going to look at Luke chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse 22 through 25 in my Bible. Why can't I find it? Every time I look in here, it's like I can't find it. I got it. So uh, in my in my passage of uh, scripture, in my NIV, it says, Jesus calms the storm. Aren't you glad that you serve a God that calms storms? Woo! And we're going to need them. Because I got to tell you, things, uh, I'll, I'm sure you feel the same thing that we feel in the Vegas Valley. The CES convention, 25% of uh, capacity showed up, 75% of the people are missing. Uh, my friend at the hotel, I just saw her on Friday. You think it's going to be a Friday night and it's going to be busy. It was slow. People are staying away. She lost uh, 20% of her workforce that night to the COVID virus. People are out. People are getting tested. People are freaking out. They don't want to be around each other. And so much is going on. And I have to tell you, I'm glad that we serve a God that calms storms. Amen? Amen. Because we can pray, just like we had here, that powerful name of Jesus, we can pray his name over our lives, over our families, over our own very bodies, and know that he is in control. You might think this virus is in control, but I have to tell you, Jesus is the one who is in control. Amen? We have a boss, and his name is Jesus, and he is the boss of all bosses. He's called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he is the one that is in charge. Hallelujah. It's not going to be Tony Danza. You might have thought that he's the boss. If you grew up around the 80s, you'll remember that show. Who's the boss? It was Tony Danza. He ran the household. He did all the stuff. I think he even cooked and cleaned. I mean, he did everything. I met Tony Danza once. He didn't act like that in real life. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Tony Danza's not the boss. You know who else is not the boss? I'm going to totally show my age here. Charles from Charles in Charge. <laughs> Charles is not in charge. It's still Jesus. Amen? And you remember that show, Charles in Charge? I can't remember that kid's name. What was his name? That would Scott Bayo. And it said that he came to run the household, and it's just understood that Charles is in charge. And I think it even says Charles is in charge of me. And that was the beginning of the show. But it's not even Charles. But I would say there was one story I wanted to share with you before we look at our scripture. There was one time at the hotel... I had a casino host show up to my Rolex store, and he wanted all this stuff. Pieces I don't normally give out, prices I don't normally do. He wanted me to take in one watch from a client and actually buy a watch off the client's wrist. We don't do this at the hotel, but this guy just thought he was such a big shot that I should make it happen. And I said, well, let me just check with Mr. Wynn. He goes, no, 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 I'm making the call. I said, oh, you're making the call. Last time I looked on the outside of the building, it had somebody else's name. So I said, well, let me just, let me just run it by Mr. Wynn in his office real quick. He said, it's not going to be an issue. I'm making the call. I said, I'm going to go check anyways. I get on the phone with Mr. Wynn's uh, assistant, and uh, I just wanted her to know, to pass the news that something was going down in his store that I just wanted to make sure he was aware of. Next thing I knew, that host uh, that uh, worked for us no longer had a position. He was no longer at the hotel. And then Mr. Wynn called me. 
And he said, Ryan, tonight I almost lost control of my business, and that'll never happen again. And you know why he could say that? His name's on the building. It doesn't say that guy's name. It doesn't say anybody else's name. It says, Mr. Wynn. And I got to tell you, there was a, that night I realized who the boss was. And I already knew. I didn't need someone to tell me or prove it to me. I already knew. But that gentleman learned a big lesson that day. <laughs> we know who the boss was. But imagine that on a grand scale. Imagine that on a planet-wide scale. Let's go even further. Imagine that on a solar system-wide scale. Even bigger, a universe-wide scale. There is a boss, and he is declared the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus. And you have to remember today, there is power. There is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. My son came home from work. He said, Dad, I just want to go to sleep. I'm not feeling so great. I said, Son, we're going to pray the name of Jesus over you right now. In Jesus' mighty name. This name, you have to remember in this year, 2022. Because it is only to Jesus that we send, hallelujah, all of our praise, all of our worship, all of our prayers. This will be the year. Who is the boss? It is Christ Jesus. Amen? So I'll tell you this morning, we need to identify who the boss is going to be in 2022. And if you need a direction today, this is the direction to know who's going to be the boss in this year. But I would say, no matter what happens in the lives of God's people, storms, ups and downs, and crises, whatever's going to happen, Jesus is still in control. He is the boss. And it says here in Scripture, Jesus calms the storm. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and they set out and as they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. And the disciples went and woke him up and they said, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and he rebuked the wind and rebuked the raging waters and the storm. What did it do? It subsided. Hallelujah. And all was calm. Hallelujah. Where is your faith? Ouch. <laughs> you went to the Lord. You did the right thing there. You knew where to go. But then he turns it on you and says, where is your faith? He asked his disciples. Now here's another issue. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Lord, we thank you for this word. May we be people that also obey you. May this year, 2022, be the year of greater obedience to you. Hallelujah. May this be the year, Lord God, that we truly are those conquerors spoken of in Romans. Hallelujah. More than conquerors over 2022. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. What a powerful passage of Scripture. What a very powerful passage of Scripture. When I grew up, I knew who the boss was in my family. It was my mom. Just kidding. It, it, it would have gone back and forth between my mom and my dad. It was so funny. They would always, I, I remember growing up, and you probably 
when you grew up, you knew who really was in charge of the family, and sometimes uh, it wasn't easy to make out. I would, I, I would know in my family, my dad would always take care of us. I knew that no matter what had happened, and our family had gone through so much. Has your family been through a lot? My family had been through so much disputes, divorces, uh, financial meltdowns, our house burglarized multiple times. And I would say there was even a time when my father lost his job and we moved into the backyard of my grandparents. And you know those things that you put on the back of your truck? It's like a camper that like lifts onto the truck, kind of goes over the, the, the cabin and everything. I lived in one of those. I can't even remember for how long. I put Christmas lights all around it. I put in my stereo. I had a little trap door for my kitty cat, Moniki. I had my Nintendo all set up. I hooked in the, uh, the electricity so I could have Coke in the little fridge. I had a seating spot for guests. It was fun. I put a little awning out there. But I look back on those years, and I remember how many storms that my family had gone through. But I always knew one thing. Dad would see us through. Amen? Dad would see us through. I knew that he would take care of us. I knew that he loved us. I knew that, and I was always comforted. We had such a great support system, no matter what would happen. But as those of us that live in the desert know, monsoons you don't always see, right? When storms come up like a monsoon storm, you might not always see it. And I tried to finish a, uh, I tried to finish a, uh, a trail at Zion National Park one time, and I said, one of these days I'm going to finish that Angel's Landing trail. And then I got halfway. It took, it took me forever because I'm so slow. But it took me about two hours to get halfway, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, guess what stops me? A storm that I did not see. And this year, when you think about this year, there are going to be many storms that you do not see. But praise the Lord, we have Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. In our passage, the disciples were stopped in the same way. They were caught in a swall. They were caught in a storm that they didn't quite see as they head out across the lake. They didn't see it coming. And very often with us, it will be like that this year. You might not see what's coming. Look at my ankle. I didn't see that coming. You think I forgot how to walk down steps. (laughs) When people ask me what happened, I said I decided to ski down the stairs instead of make it up to Mount Charleston. (laughs) But I'll tell you one thing. If you happen to be blessed this year with a very stress-free existence, good for you. But we know the truth of what happens in a given year. There's lots of storms that will pop up and without warning. My wife, she hasn't been herself lately. Do you ever get that feeling? You just don't feel like yourself. I said, what's wrong, hon? She's worried about work. She's worried about COVID. She's worried about uh, this flu rona that's going around like kind of like what our sister was talking about the more you read the more you start getting weighed down by the things of this world she's worried about finances she's worried about so many things she said i'm just so worried where the world is headed i'm so worried where uh where what's going on on the planet i'm so worried about the laws that are coming out i'm so worried about all these mandates that i'm hearing about i just feel like this is just such a spiritual setup do you do Do you understand what my wife's saying? I was listening to her and I'm thinking, honey, you know what? Like in that song, the more we focus on Jesus, the world will become strangely dim. Hallelujah. May this world become strangely dim. Who can say, 
by raise of hand that you already feel like your boat might be taking on a little bit of water this year already and we've only made it to day nine of January. (laughs) You start feeling like I need that little pail in my boat because I feel like it can take on some water here. It's in these moments that you need to ask yourself, who's going to be the boss of my life? Who's going to be the boss of this year? Who's going to be the boss of my family? Who's going to be the boss? And it will be Jesus. If you think you can fight storms in your own strength, in your own uh, way, in your own manner, if you think you're the boss, then I have sad news for you. Your success ratio is going to be tough. Because there's someone more qualified than you to fight the battle. And it says in Scripture, praise God, that He goes before us like a banner. Hallelujah. He goes before us to fight the battles. So all you have to do is do what the disciples did. Wake up Jesus in your heart and say, Lord God, I know where to go. Jesus is going to be in my situation. Jesus is going to be in my life. Hallelujah. He's going to be in my marriage, in the lives of my children. Hallelujah. He is the boss. They woke him up. But you know what? Truly what they had to do was wake up their own faith. It had gone to sleep. But our passage clearly tells us that we have a boss and it is not you. It is not me. And that's good news. That's very good news. So the first point this morning is this. Being in control is an illusion. Are you like one of those people that like to think you're in good control of things? Is that you? If you're here, it's totally me. Oh, I love to craft. I love to create. I love to think. I love to uh, plan. I love to do all this stuff. And then I think, oh, wait a minute, the Lord. (laughs) That's me. If I'm not careful, I'll just move ahead with 50 things without thinking to involve Christ in my day. Can you believe that? I have to tell you, I'm guilty of waking up and thinking, what am I going to do today? And I have to stop and remember, is it the Bible that says, oh, you fool, making all these plans. You don't even know what's going to be happening. Your very own life might be demanded of you tomorrow. (laughs) And I have to stop myself. I have to stop myself and say, wait a minute, there is a boss. And I have to give him the honor he's due. All to him I owe. First of all, Like my wife and I say in our house, get it through your thick head. We always say that to each other just to be silly. You know when you have little silly things you say to each other? Get it through your thick head. Say it with me. I am not in control. I am not in control. God is. God is. Hallelujah. Every day when we rise, we should confirm this notion. The Almighty as God of our lives. Hallelujah. Not only God of our lives, but we relinquish control to Him. Hallelujah. Pray, like our sister said this morning, get in your word and seek Him out. Hallelujah. For whatever reason, though, what do we do? We're so stubborn. Am I wrong? Humans. We're so stubborn. When He says we're made in our image, I say, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> We're so stubborn. We fight him for control, don't we? We fight him for control. There's so many things we don't want to hand over. We want to believe that we're in control. You know, I remember thinking uh, back when I was sitting in my house in L.A. when we weren't able to keep the Rolex stores open, I was watching the stock market go crazy and I was watching my everything that I'd built up since I was a kid in the stock market, I was just watching it go down. (laughs) and down and down and I thought wow the Lord 
really knows how to set my brain straight. I look at those accounts and I think, that's my future security. No, it's Christ Jesus. It's Christ Jesus. But we sometimes like to think we're in control, that we can manage our own destiny. That we're the boss. At my wedding, when Pastor Dave, uh, Pastor David did our wedding, we, we planned everything to make everything perfect between my wife, Pastor Dave, and my wife, Jana. And at the wedding, what happened on that day that we decided to get married? All of a sudden, there's like a tractor across the street going, beep, 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 beep. And it was so funny, Pastor Dave just like launched into this, he's so good when he just shoots from the hip and he started launching into this whole little sermonette about expecting the unexpected and seeing through. And he did this right in the, uh, the little sermon that he had for our, uh, our wedding based on this thing beeping nonstop next door. But I would say, you try to tell people to be ready for life storms, but how do you really tell people to be ready unless they have the obedience that the disciples needed as well to know where to go. Sometimes we just need the map, and it always should point to one person. It should point to Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Think about how many people weren't expecting to catch this virus, how many people weren't expecting to get on a ventilator, how many people weren't expecting to pass away or have to say goodbye to a loved one around Christmas time this year. How many people weren't expecting all these things? In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus says. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. I've flown over the Alps. I flew over uh, the Alps uh, leaving from Switzerland. I know what it means to go over something very significant. That was something to see. And i got to tell you, Jesus does the same. He is the overcomer. Hallelujah. Could you imagine being the one that could tell the Alps to be out of your way and removed? Jesus could do it. Hallelujah. In life, the unexpected occurs. Before my wife and I had children, we decided we would travel some. We wanted to travel. But every time we traveled, something crazy would happen. And uh, we went to uh, Cancun for our honeymoon. And when we were there in Cancun, all of a sudden, uh, uh, like a hurricane thing came up through the Caribbean, and we got stuck there. And then one time, uh, I decided to take her to London. And while we were there, all of a sudden, where we were, there were all these military people showing up in like two seconds with machine guns. Someone had tried to like do something in Parliament and throw like a balloon full of powder at Tony Blair. And then when we went over to Paris, we were in Paris, a big uh, glass section of Charles de Gaulle Airport fell off the ceiling and like crushed 10 people. And I was thinking, truly, the unexpected always happens. Truly always comes up, whether it be illness, accidents, planned attacks, natural disasters, this crazy virus that never wants to go away. No matter what happens, financial disasters, we are to expect the unexpected. And the Gospel of Mark tells our same passage of Scripture, but he records it a little bit differently. He says this, the disciples, as they cried out to Jesus, they said, don't you care if we drown? Ooh, now that is the heart of man, isn't it? Lord, where are you in my hardship? 
How could you let this happen? Have you ever asked that? You don't have to admit it if you don't want to. <laughs> Lord, where are you? Don't you care? Of course he cares. But in this life, we will have troubles. Amen. But he is the overcomer. Can you hear the frustration, though, in their voices, according to Mark, though? You can feel their disappointment. And it's okay to feel disappointed. It's okay to feel these, uh, these feelings sometimes, because that's who we are. But we have to remember who he is, and he alone, hallelujah, is the overcomer. And we all have been there. Lord, where are you? Where have you been? Why are you sleeping in this situation? Don't you care? I'm drowning in this situation, taking on that water. If you like Charles Stanley, anybody like to read Charles Stanley or listen to Charles Stanley? When he, made, when he wrote his book, The Wonderful Spirit-Filled Life, he did not like the title. Why? Because... Life isn't always wonderful. And life for the spirit-filled Christian isn't always wonderful. And that's why he said he almost didn't want that title. Because it's not, it's frustrating when you can't be in control. Because when those unexpected things, sometimes it can knock the wind out of you. But that's our second point here. Know that Christ is in control of every aspect of creation. You are never alone. You are never abandoned. You are never left on your own to deal with something all by yourself. You are not isolated. You have Christ Jesus. All you have to do is worship and enter in. Sometimes when you feel like you're alone, all you have to do is stop right there and say, Loneliness be gone in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Loneliness, you have no power, no authority, no foothold over my mindset on me. It's frustrating though sometimes not feeling like you're in control, but I'll tell you, the good news is there is someone more massively qualified than you to be in control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone more qualified. And that is refreshing for us. Who would you rather have running your life? Flawed, frail, sinful person, prone and riddled with mistakes like us? <laughs> or the flawless Lamb of God made perfect in every way? You thought it was Mary Poppins. Made perfect in every way. Jesus the Christ. The Lamb of God. He is flawless, hallelujah. And not about you, but about him is it written, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. That should give you hope. Sinatra's song, I did it my way, should never be the anthem of your life. It should never be that way. Pastor Max Lucado, if you like Pastor Max, he has this story, I, I loved it, so I... Uh, I wrote it down, the bullet points here, because it's such a good story. The British Open in 1999 in Scotland, there was a French golfer named Jean. He had a seven-stroke lead. It was one hole to go, and he would win. All he needed to do was hit a six on a par four, and I almost think I could pull that off. 
even though once I get to the green, I putt too many times. That's where I like fall apart is my putting. But I got to tell you, he's a professional. All he needed was a six on a par four, and he would win. Dollars, fame, fortune. Most of us could probably pull that off on a par four. So you almost in this moment start to prepare the trophy for this guy because it looks like he's taken it home. John is the man. But there's one thing to watch for on this last hole. Marshes. Not just one, not just two, but the green. But what does Jean do? Guess what club he pulls out of his bag? He pulls out a driver. Big Shot's going to try to go for the green. He's going to try to hit directly over the marshes and go directly to the green. What a show off. So what does he do? He lines it up. He tees it up. He gets his driver. Boom. And he hits it. It's up in the air. Guess where it lands? Marsh number one. Once he's in the marsh, he tries to recorrect and hit again. Plump! He hits a water trap. Water hazard. Then he tries again to reposition his ball. Thump! Sand trap. This guy's having a rough day. Damage, four strokes plus a penalty. He loses. So much for winning. He made a seven and he lost. The British Open in 1999. But I would say, Jean reminds me of us very often, ourselves. We've done the same things. We've done the same uh, idea. Sometimes all we needed, and one of my favorite ones is the seven. Oh, I love my seven. But sometimes all we needed was a seven iron and we pulled out the driver. Let me put it this way. All we had to do sometimes was give it to the Lord, but we tried to fix it ourselves. Sometimes all we needed to do was listen to somebody, but we opened our big mouths instead. Sometimes all we needed to do was apologize, but we ended up starting an argument all over again. Stubborn, independent, self-reliant. When you say, I don't need advice from anybody or a spiritual leader, I don't need advice, you just hit the marsh. Or you say, I can handle this on myself, water hazard or you say I don't need a shepherd thump sand trap can you relate sometimes very often it's like that Isaiah 53 6 says this we have all wandered away like sheep each one of us has gone his own way make Christ the shepherd of your life otherwise you may end up this way and this is so funny Pax Master, <laughs> Pastor Max, <laughs> I'm going to mix up that P and that M. Pastor Max says this, if you're not careful, you'll end up with a, a life like this, Psalm 23. I am my own shepherd. I will always be in want. I stumble from mall to mall and shrink to shrink, seeking relief but never finding it. I creep for, through the valley of the shadow of death and I fall apart. I fear everything in life from power poles to pesticides. I am surrounded by my enemies and scowled at. I anoint my headache with extra strength Tylenol. My Jack Daniels runneth over. Surely misery and misfortune will follow me and I will live in self-doubt all the years of my lonely life. May that never be our Psalm 23. Amen. Why is it the ones that need a shepherd the most resist him so often? Isn't that an interesting question? 
We are here to do it God's way. He is in control. But I would tell you, after losing the British Open, Jean, he kept his composure out in front of the cameras, but when he got into his tent, he put his head in his hands and his face, and he said, next time, I'll shoot with the wedge. That's called regret. And may we never have that moment where we think, next time I will give it over to the Lord in my situation. Let's do it all the time. Amen? Amen. Include him, include him, include him. Hallelujah. Our last point is this. Is Jesus asking, and think about this is always a rough spot, is Jesus asking us today, where is your faith? Faith is what we will need to be victorious this year. Faith in Christ Jesus, who he is, what he can do, what he has for us, and he has a lot for you, amen? Boy, he has a lot for us. Faith is what will be the key this year. In the, in the storm, though, in our passage of Scripture, the disciples panicked. Christ turned to them and he asked, where is your faith? And I would say, that's why I said, ouch, that hurts. After you've been with Jesus, you've been baptized into his family, you, uh, you have the Holy Spirit baptism, you've seen his miracles, you've seen his power, you've seen everything that he can do, and you know that he's the boss, and then he says, where is your faith? As our sister said this morning, I never knew you. May that never be our story. Hallelujah. No. May it be far from us. The men that claimed that Christ could be trusted with their lives, what happened to the disciples? They crumbled under the pressure, and then they went directly to Jesus. That was the best thing to do. But today, I want you to know, Christ Jesus does have control still, no matter what happens this year. And you are a part of that creation, and he cares for you. So cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And know this, Jesus has the authority to tell things to be quiet and stilled in your life. Amen. Those storms can be quiet and stilled. But one big mistake that they made is they did come to Jesus in fear. And it says it right there in Scripture. They came to him in fear, not faith. So I'll tell you, The next time a storm thunders through your life, go to Jesus in faith, not fear. Jesus says this. He said that I can ask, I can seek, I can knock. The door will be opened. I will find him. Hallelujah. It says here that I'm more than a conqueror. Do you believe that? Then be the conqueror this year. Hallelujah. Because of Christ Jesus. He's defeated every stronghold. He's the overcomer, the one, hallelujah, that can do it all. Come to him in faith this year. Come to him in boldness. He is your shepherd. Storms will come, assuredly. You know they're on their way, and it's okay because we have Jesus. It's okay because we have Jesus. It's okay. The sheep that belong to the shepherd can have peace. Amen? We hear his voice. And we listen because we belong to him. So what do we need to do in a crisis? Go to Jesus in strength, wearing the shield of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. He's Lord of all. And if there are areas in your life that need to be handed over to him, this is the year to challenge yourself to say, I relinquish all to Christ Jesus. 
All to him I owe, all to him I give. So we learn from the frightened fisherman. We submit to him. We believe in him. He can handle it better than us. There's so many things we've already established this morning. So we need to stop allowing the waves and the wind to knock us out. Still, be quiet in Jesus' name. We won't be moved. Is your faith ready, though, for the storm? This is what Jesus was asking. And this is something that we can consider. But we'll resolve by God's grace that we will trust in Him, not when it's just easy, all the time. All the time. I wanted to conclude with a story. When I was a teenager, I had this great idea. I wanted to go buy one of these inflatable rafts. I think I really wanted the big one too. It was like a four-man raft. And uh, I wanted to go paddle my girlfriend around Lake Mead. So I went to Kmart when you could find those. And uh, I went and I bought this four-man raft. And, you know, the oars aren't really that fancy. They're just like plastic pieces of junk. And uh, I called my girlfriend. I said, okay, this is the day we're going to go uh, to Lake Mead and go paddle around. Got out there to Lake Mead, and guess what happened? Wind. <laughs> Terrible wind. You know, how the, you know how the desert is. That's what my wife says. You know, when she talks bad about Nevada, she says it's either freezing cold, super, super hot, and always windy. But all of a sudden, we're out there on the lake, just kind of cruising around, and wind hit. Before I knew it, it was almost like waves of the ocean. And it was pushing not towards the shore, but it was pushing me like towards you, coming this way. So here I was on like the Henderson side of Lake Mead, and I'm like heading out towards the middle of Lake Mead. I cannot get back in. And these waves are big. My girlfriend at the time, she's like freaking out, and I'm pushing and pushing, and all of a sudden those dumb little oars both break in half. Because you know they screw together in the middle. And they break in half, so now I have a little tiny oar, and I'm toast. Every, all the boats seem to be gone, like everybody had the wisdom to not be out that day or go in or something. <laughs> yeah, you would have found me probably on this side of the lake. So uh, I could only do one thing, and there is something called the international sign of surrender. <laughs> I just lifted up my hands to the Lord and said, Lord, save us. And then I grabbed the little oars, the half of oars, And I saw one boat fighting to get back in, and I just started doing this. Another international sign of surrender. I've been beaten. I've been beaten. And we were both probably crying and just freaking out, thinking we don't know where we're going to show up. But this is the year to surrender, amen? This is the year to put up our hands and say, Yes, Lord, you are God of my life. We're not in control, Jesus is, so we approach him in faith, not fear this year, because we already belong to the shepherd, hallelujah. We already hear his voice, and he tells us, where is our faith? It is in him alone, amen. We have a prince of peace. Sinatra's song says this, Sinatra says, for what is a man, what has he got, if not himself, then he has not to say the things he truly feels and not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. 
I rewrote that song this morning. Actually, I rewrote it last night, but I, I was thinking about it today. I'm going to sing it to you. Are you ready? For what is sinful man, what has he got? If not a Savior like Jesus, then he has not. To say the things God's Spirit reveals, and the victory words of us who know how to kneel. The record shows Christ took the blows, and we do it Christ's way. May that be the anthem of our life. Amen? Amen. We agree today that He is boss and we do it His way. It will set us up not even for a better life in this life, but it will set us up for the days when numbers don't even matter anymore because eternity no one can even fathom it. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand and pray. Lord God, we thank you so much. We declare you, Lord, as the boss. We declare you, Lord, as the king. We declare you, Lord, as the God of our lives. Lord, there's so many of us here that feel as though the water's coming in the boats, Lord. The water is starting to seep in. And we're already thinking what we need to do to reverse this. And we know that you are the God that can calm the storm, tell it to be quiet and still. So, Father, right now in Jesus' name, forgive us for holding on to so many things that we try to hold on to in our own ignorance and in our own pride. And let us hand it over to you, Lord God, for truly you are in charge. Truly, Lord God, we belong to you. And Lord, may you make us those that are victorious because of who we know. May you make us more than conquerors this year in Jesus' name. And for those of us, Lord, that are already going through the struggles nine days into this year, Father, strengthen your people in Jesus' name. Give us greater faith in you, Lord God. Forgive us, Lord God, for not having that faith that we need in you. And may we always do it your way, in Jesus' name. Amen.